Welcome to Working Matters. My name is Carl Edwards. Visit us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, we are back for week two with Marion Skeet of Legacy Makers International. How are you, Marion? I am doing well. How are you, Carl? I am doing very well. I'm super energized by our topic. We share a passion about leadership and empowering people. And yet what you bring in terms of how you are empowering people in the area of visionary leadership is proving very stimulating. Well, I'm enjoying the conversation. I think when you bring leaders together or leadership types, we tend to encourage and stimulate each other. And hopefully we are going to pass on some value to you because we're not just throwing out another angle many on leadership, but there's some concrete value in this perspective on visionary leadership. So this week, where we want to take the discussion is um, how visionary leaders tend to be thought leaders, um, introducing something new, even if it's not their own newness, what they're observing and empowering others in hasn't taken maybe form yet. Yes. And so let me just throw that to you. That's very interesting to me. What do you mean when you're using this term that they're a thought leader? Well, that's a term you also use, Carl. You're asking me the question. You know, this idea of thought leader, I believe is, as you said, a leader who helps people to do even old things in new ways. And so I think when we think about thought leaders, the first thing we oftentimes think about is just someone who just, you know, is doing new things. And that may be true, but I think uh, a thought leader really revisits the old. For me as a Christian leader, I oftentimes think about that verse that talks about you know, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah saying, I'll do a new thing, you know, Mm. and it will spring forth. But what we don't think about is that it actually springs forth out of the old. The old is a precursor to the new. And so sometimes, and how does that flesh itself out in organizations and ministry projects? Oftentimes as visionary leaders, we have to help people understand what went before them to understand. Mm. You have to understand the history of an organization to understand its future. And even though its future may look different, very different from its, its past, it is related And so I think a visionary leader should help people step into the new by having a firm understanding of the old. So right off the bat, you're saying that the pathway toward, you're not merely affirming newness or change as a value unto itself. Exactly. Everything old, throw it out. Let's just constantly be going new places all the time. That's what leadership is. Right, exactly. That's, That's a very interesting distinction because I would say I observe a value in the culture, an unspoken value of we yes. just want new, we want whatever's new. Exactly, exactly. Whatever's new may not be gold. And that's been heightened by technology because yeah. we always want, you know, the things are always being replaced and updated. And so, so are leadership skills and ideas. But the reality is that there are some universal principles and that there are some things about our organizations and our past that is valuable to bring into the new as we help people to go into the new. Not only valuable, but necessary. Necessary, exactly. Because the story, you don't merely erase the past and start a new story every year. No, you don't. The story, what you're doing is you're helping the story to unfold and to merely repeat the past as as dangers, but to pretend that a story can unfold unrelated to the past is also fallacious. Very powerful. The big caution is we get stuck in the past. The reality is we like safety and we don't like change. Change is not something that most human beings like because it forces us to grow. It makes us uncomfortable. And who really likes to be, I mean, who, let's be honest, who really likes to be uncomfortable? Very few of us. And we certainly don't want to be the kind of leader that makes people uncomfortable. Fortunately or unfortunately, going into the future with the past requires change. Okay. So you're seeing something new. You're seeing it in the people with whom 
you're in community, you're seeing it in maybe the dynamics of the culture, you're seeing it in your mm-hmm. own passion and interest in things, and you, no yes. one else sees it yet. You're very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you describe something entirely new? Are you familiar with the um, story of Plato's cave? I probably have heard it. Where everyone takes life takes place in the dark of a cave. Yes. And they just think that's normal. And then once one person goes out into the light and goes, oh my gosh, it's yes. completely different out in the light. And goes back and tries to tell everyone else that it's different out in the light and ends up getting destroyed or something because yes. they can't deal with, they can't relate to how yes. different yes. this other thought is. And prophetic leaders and visionary leaders are so are usually punished, and that's why a lot of people don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, well, I think our series ends here, because who wants to be a visionary leader now? Well, we're going to bring out the positive side, but we have to be honest. <laughs> you know. So what's involved in this test when you see something new and you want to introduce it, but you, um, yeah. you just can't tell people, Absolutely. here it is? You affirm the old. Um, I think you start with affirming the old. And again, I, I don't want to lay out uh, some sort of formula because I think every organization is different. And mm-hmm. But I think um, when a leader communicates the, that they truly understand what has gone on before and they value that, at least diffuses some of the feeling of like, okay, you're coming here to change us. You know, because that's the first thing people are they're holding on to their sacred cows. Yeah. And so I think a leader has to communicate. And it, sometimes it takes a while. And to come in and sort of do this... Uh, Bull in a china shop sort of change. Even in times of crisis, is probably fast death to a leader. I think you, you communicate. At the same time, you still communicate the urgency of moving forward. Okay, so let's use an oversimplified example. People only are used to red. You want to tell them about blue, but there's a blue <laughs> out there. Not that they're close to it. Right. But it's, they can't relate to this new thing that you're describing yet because they only understand red. So it's almost as if there's not a way to talk about blue. Nothing blue has come before. Nothing blue has come before, but you want to introduce blue. And that's kind of what I want to tease out of you is how do you introduce well, I'm not something a, we don't, can't relate to yet. I'm not a visual artist, but um, what I do understand about colors is that there are probably a lot of different colors in one color. Uh-huh. And so in red, there's probably blue. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not saying there is, but I think what you do, the principle is that you help people to see what they already have. And, you know, I, I mean, I look at the, you know, the, the story of Moses as a, as a leader. I mean, I would not say that he was actually a talented leader. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, but certainly he was a leader who was among the people. And so he felt their pain. He felt their, you know, their struggle. He knew their, their goals, their vision. His story was tied into their story. And I think that's, that's important for people to, to see you as a visionary leader, someone who's tied into their story. You're saying to them, yeah, I know red. I know red. And, and red is what I'm comfortable with. But you know what? I'm, I'm also learning that blue has value. And so, you know, like, you know, God told Moses, you know, what's in your hand? You know, what, what, what do you already have? you know, uh, with you. And I think oftentimes we need to understand that we have something before we get to blue, that red has value, but there's something that we can gain from the blue. So I think you have to be with the people and let the people communicate to people that you understand the value of their redness. (laughs) You know, that makes perfect sense. That fits into the whole story thing too. Yeah. You're affirming that where the story has been is legitimate and in introducing where the story might go next, yes. it's going to move from the point that it is to that point, not 
terminate. Exactly. And then writing us. a new chapter to a story. And I think, you know, we see that I've worked in organizations and ministries where, you know, there is this whole, um, I don't even want to say tension, but there's this whole, how do we become intergenerational? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, how do we, you know, and, 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 you know, the tension is the younger people wanting to do new things and the old people wanting to preserve the, the old. And that's always the tension. But I think once we see our stories as wrapped into each other, that the tendency is to say, well, you know what? Not so much you are an extension of me, but you are, you are part of my story and I'm a part of your story. You know, and I think um, we have to see ourselves as one tapestry. I'm not talking about somehow this sort of harmony that we're all, let's just get along. I'm speaking about the tension of what that means. Um, Oh, it's a beautiful tension. Now, but back to our positional power things and how power is traditionally and leadership is traditionally approached would be that if I'm a visionary leader, the subject's me. And so I am describing, I do a good job of painting a picture of what the future looks like. Exactly. And then everybody... Come on over here. I got the answer, right? I got the answer. And so, and what you're saying is you're not diminishing the value of being able to paint a picture of the future, but you're saying you're not released of the reality. Yes. The story starts yes. in the past and the present. Exactly. And we move from there into that future. Exactly. And that yes. is how you introduce you know, there's an the Af- new vision. Absolutely. And I think That's we have powerful. to see... There's an African proverb that says, you know, I am because we are, and because we are, therefore I am. Um, I think our Western notion of this individualism that, you know, every generation feels that they're the it generation, you know, mm. and but we have to see ourselves as tied in to each other and needing each other as part of the story so that I am a better leader because I know you, Carl. You know, you bring something, you add value, you know, because you're, in a sense, indirectly a part of my story. I think the more we embrace a different concept maybe of leadership than we have been taught. And I'm not saying that's easy um, because the whole world system is based on the, uh, I think on that sort of individualistic view of power and leadership. Very interesting. Well, we are going to continue with this thought next week and really get into the nuts and bolts of change, which will not be a manipulative thing that you do to other people, but an inspiring (laughs) and the catalyzing process. So join us next week as this conversation continues to unfold. Marion, um, people are going to want to find out more about you. Where are you on the web? Well, our organization, Legacy Makers International, we are at www.legacy-makers.org. Again, the hyphen, don't forget the hyphen, legacy-makers.org. And you can, we have a bunch of things there you can do, start a group. I mean, we want to empower leaders and equip leaders. Excellent. Well, I think you're going to get a bunch of visitors Join us next week. As always, come by boldenterprises.com and enjoy and join the conversation where we will be um, posting these conversations and talking about them with each other. We will see you next week. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.